0: What is Off The Groove? It means you've blown the line, or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far, or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off The Groove
0: with Scotty Dubler.
2: Back at you again for week two, 2019. Already? Yeah, already two weeks in, man. Uh just, just wanna go on record as saying, uh, number-wise, JD Beach's episode was the second best out of all of our episodes in
0: 2019
2: no it was the best one we put out in 2019 because it was the first oh, and only one we've okay. done <laughs>
0: that's where I, that's where i thought you were going with no
2: it's uh it's the second best uh as far as you know the numbers on the facebooks uh and i'm sure there's other numbers that aren't on the facebooks that that'll add to it but uh at all the numbers for for all the other episodes uh he's he's the second best uh response we've gotten out of putting something out there so some People like to listen to JD and hear what he's got to say, I guess.
0: I just think, you know, they like listening to you.
2: No, 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 no.
0: Well, I I know what it is. What? It's because you put us on Spotify.
2: Oh, that may be it. Yeah, that may be it. Shout out to Corey Texter. He asked me like, "Is are you on Spotify? And I, I I know that I tried to put it on there a while ago. Um, but they were only allowing certain hosting, uh, platforms to, to connect to Spotify now they they're open to anything. So we're on there officially. We are on Spotify. Yeah, so uh, so JD is the second best. Who do you think is the best, uh, most listened to episode that we have so far? You want to take mm. a stab at that one?
0: You're putting me on the spot because yeah. we've had a lot of shows.
2: We have, and we've had some big names on here that a lot of people wanted to listen to. But who do you think is number one, aside from last week's episode of JD Beach? Brian Smith. Nope.
0: Jared Meese. Nope. Mm, man, I don't know. There's Mich- no way it's my episode.
2: There's Mi- no way. Michelle Desavo. What? Yep. Shout out to Michelle. Number one episode, most listened to wow. episode we have on our our whole fifty some Dude, plus I, or sixty. That, what are we that's doing? That's
0: cool. Now? Yeah. I got goosebumps right now. That's awesome.
2: Michelle Desavo. Yeah. Shout out to Michelle.
0: I used to race against her, man. That's what, what? really cool.
2: Yeah. Good stuff. uh Reigning number one. So yeah. See how long that goes. But uh but yeah, go listen to Michelle's episode if you haven't already. It's a good one too. Well
0: then nobody's gonna catch it now. If you keep if you wanna say that, then everybody's gonna go listen to it and our numbers are going even higher.
2: Right. Well, I mean everybody has a fair and equal opportunity here, you know. You can go listen to any yeah, any episode awesome. you want. Yeah, it's good stuff. Anyways, so enough of the, the trivia. What's what's going on in Flat Track this week? There seems to be a lot since last well, week.
0: First of all, we have to start out sixty two days daytona <laughs> i've got to say that because i'm a little off with the aft website but uh, no i
2: think i think you guys are saying the same thing they just count hours too on as, as, as top of the day but there's like what, a one day discrepancy or something there's it's not really a discrepancy like but
0: something like that yeah bromley posted 62 days yesterday yeah and i i, I see a message on instagram i said hey i said according to my math skills and i went to oklahoma school district but <laughs> I still count. Yeah. But uh, And then Donnie LaRue, who has uh, AMANationalNumber.com, both of us are on 62 days today,
2: Gotcha, Friday. yeah.
0: So, I don't know. It's coming. It'll be here sooner than we know.
2: Yeah, and even if you guys are one day apart, then it won't be that big of a deal once we get there, I promise you.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But no, there's been some big announcements this week. Yeah,
2: and this may just be the newbie in me. I, 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 who's Jeff Ward? Should I know Jeff really? Ward? You should. I should.
0: Okay. Well, we'll go back to the beginning. Okay. Have you watched On Any Sunday yet?
2: I have. Yeah. Is he? Is he in that movie?
0: The little kid that's doing a stand up wheelie. Get out a of little here. Little mini bike. That's Jeff Ward.
2: Get out of here. I'm serious. Now I feel that's like an cool. idiot. Like that's him. Yeah, that's all right. At the very beginning of this movie. It
0: doesn't give him any. It doesn't give him any credits or anything like that. I don't think I haven't watched the credits. But, yeah. Uh, that's him. Okay. So he is a seven-time motocross champion
2: yeah i, I looked but, into it like but he, he didn't did he race flat track professionally
0: not professionally okay as far as i know he's never had a professional license gotcha he, he's also raced global rally cross wow he's competed in the x games he's done stadium super trucks rolex sports cars lucas off-road he's an indy car driver he's won an indy car race at what? texas motor speedway the the man can do anything
2: and he's up there. I mean, he he's he's going to throw a leg over a bike and, and compete in the singles class and and from what I'm hearing, he's going to give him a run for their money based on how good he is. Is what I hear. Well,
0: that's what I'm hearing too. He's 57 years Holy old though, moly. and he uh it looks like he's got some support from Moto Anatomy, which is Johnny Lewis formerly of 10 Training. Yeah. So I think he's be riding one of those KTMs that they're using at that uh, at the Moto Anatomy school. Yeah. Um and put Johnny Lewis in in the corner, you know, in you know with his in his pit area, dude, that could be impressive.
2: So, I, and I should have probably read the read the press at least before we started talking about it, but is it a limited number of races? Is he running the whole season? What's the deal?
0: I've heard it's all the TTs, possibly some short tracks. Okay. I don't, I don't know if he'll go half mile in or mile in. Or well, the, the singles don't usually get on very many miles. But, right. Um, I think it's going to be all the TTs, some short tracks.
2: And the reason he'd do the singles is because that's closer to the bikes he... Raced well,
0: it it's similar to the bikes that he used to race yes right. uh also you cannot just come out of nowhere and get your pro license all the way up to the aft twins class so yeah. um uh, and it, there's a little bit of a, a debate too how he got his pro license i think they're going off of his resume right um but he got he got his pro card he is 57 years old but he still has the speed um it's kind of a touchy subject uh for some people like yeah. you know, ronnie jones still has his twins license but he's never ever let his license go, so they can't just take it away from him just because he's older. Right. Um, if you lose your license, then you have to start over from scratch. Like Rich King yeah. wanted to come back, he used to be national number 80, he used to ride for the Packard Harley Davidson team. He tried coming back to the pro class and going into the twins class, and, uh, chris carr was in charge of the competition he said no you'd have to start over at singles yeah and and he didn't want to race singles so he still rides in the vintage classes and the over 40 classes i think even in the over 50 classes at some of the steve Nice races and it's still really really fast
2: well i gotta tell you man i i obviously didn't know much about it before we started talking about it but i'm pretty excited to see what happens here then
0: it is gonna be exciting you know yeah. i don't know how much Flat track practice he's got going on. I'm sure he'll he'll get some seat time. I know he'll probably head on to Florida early, go hang out with Johnny Lewis at his uh, training compound. Yeah. Get some get some uh, seat time. You know, probably get a steel shoe. Uh, but it's gonna be cool to see a seven time motocross champion come hang with us.
2: Well, and to see what Ronnie Jones is still doing at his age on in the twins side of things. I mean, it's definitely not out of the question that he's he's keeping me making main events and possibly running up front in some of these main events in 2019.
0: And you know for the longest time motocross riders didn't cross over in the flat track. It's yeah. completely different you position your your feet different uh, You know you slide with your left foot down Motocrossers like keeping their foot way forward to put the weight on the front wheel But like we saw last year Ryan Sipes went out there Was fast qualifier at Springfield with TT dominated I would have done really well, but fell off and dominated, then dominated the Buffalo chip like, yeah. yeah, and um, so I think it, it could be a good place for motocross riders to go when they stop racing motocross.
2: It'll be interesting for sure. Uh, some other announcements this week. I saw Kevin Kevin Stallings. What's what's up with that? He's 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 riding two classes this year. Is that what I saw?
0: It looks like he's going to do double duty mm-hmm. uh, on pretty much similar program. Kind of didn't really say much about sponsors, but uh, on a Honda 450 in the singles class, and he's going to be riding his own twin Kawasaki on the cow in the production twins class.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, man. The more I hear about who's going to actually be riding the twins class and and that production twins i'm getting excited about it i want to see uh how these guys do i I think it's it's going to be a great little feeder series for the for the for the big boys on the twins
0: i I love it too because you're not throwing them straight to the wolves you're not putting them out there with brian smith jared meese you know and all the the fastest of the fastest guys it's going to give them some seat time on a twin on the bigger tracks and i think that's what these young kids need
2: what's what's going on with Reimer?
0: terry reimer had a hip replacement from yeah. an injury from when he was younger and he said all these you know hours of riding on a motorcycle so he got a new hip he's uh healing up right now so hopefully he can catch up and listen to all of the off the groove episodes and he kind of dropped a hint to me the other day when i talked to him that he might be having a big uh press release coming up in february so we'll uh nice we hope terry heals up good and we'll try to get him on on here on off the groove in february
2: uh, but we do hope you're doing well man
0: also, you 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 brought this one up to me, but Ray Rizzo looks like he's down there in Daytona. He yeah. had some meetings with AFT and uh
2: He's also got some secrets. There seem to be a lot of secrets floating around uh the twenty nineteen season. So I can't wait to find out what those are.
0: Well, hopefully, maybe I'll get a a, a a plane ticket to Daytona. Maybe I can go down there and find some secrets too. Maybe I don't know. That's where they, they don't seem wanna, to all come from. They
2: don't want to. They don't want to tell you any of the secrets because you get to talk about it on your podcast.
0: Well, I've got a big mouth. You
2: know? <laughs> That's and probably why you talk. haven't heard of any of them.
0: And I get paid to talk, so they keep the secrets away from me until it's race day. But we'll uh,
2: all find them out eventually, for sure.
0: Sure, sure. So Ray Rizzo has a pit crew. Did you know
2: that? I did know that. I see that. You know, before leading up to the season, he posts about that. I actually am on, was on the 2018 pit crew. Um, so I, I was, I was a member for sure. Did you uh, get your hands dirty? What's that mean?
0: When you're on the pit crew, you work on things and you know get the get the bike ready to go out on the track. No,
2: my hands stayed pretty clean. I. I, I oh, don't it's think a different anybody, kind of pit crew. I don't think anybody wants me touching a bike. <laughs> no his pit crew is uh helps support his his program right get him out to the track week in and week out whether it's paying for for gas or you know the things that that you need when you're when you're on the road for the with the series
0: you know what what's cool about ray rizzo is he goes to every race if possible sometimes there might be an exception if he has uh, a family emergency or something like that but ray is at every race uh he helps bubba blackwell on the you know, he's the assistant flagman most of the time. And if somebody goes down, yep. then his then his job steps up and he has to go. He doesn't have to, but he goes and helps the downriders. He'll go to the hospital with them if they need to or yep. he'll help the family do whatever they need to do. Uh, he stays with them. And he also does race day, you know, little, a little get together, a little service at the racetrack. If anybody needs to, it's free. He, he does take donations. and That's how he gets race to race. He does sell some T-shirts and some stickers and stuff like that. Uh, He's bought an RV, so that's helping on his costs and his expenses a lot. So there's no more rental cars. There's no more hotels. Yep. But it still costs money to get that RV to all the races. And, you know, he's doing it because he loves the sport, and we love Ray Rizzo.
2: Yeah, I I think it's great having an opportunity to support the people that support this series, you know, whether it's sponsors or or the people down in the trenches uh, on on the— infield and helping flag and all that he, he does so much for the sport so if you're not on the 2019 pick crew head over to ray rizzo's uh, facebook page and, and get on it
0: absolutely so uh i'm busy tonight and tomorrow doing some kicker arena cross in guthrie oklahoma
2: in guthrie oklahoma huh
0: yep just north of oklahoma city a little ways for the longest time it was the largest arena floor and i don't know if that's still the, the record right now or not but there's no concrete so the arena was built around some dirt and they never put any any concrete down in the center of the arena so uh, you can dig really deep if you want to you can and they build some great big jumps it's uh it's a really cool venue i used to race there a long long time ago before i started racing flat track i did some arena cross in there and uh it's a cool event i'm excited to be there
2: awesome man little uh little knowledge for you in case you're ever on jeopardy i guess uh a little like guthrie uh, guthrie or gun three
0: Guthrie, and Guthr- Guthrie, Guthrie, Oklahoma, Oklahoma used yeah. to be the capital of Oklahoma before they moved it to
2: Oklahoma City. Easy with the knowledge dropping, man. This is a it's a flat track podcast. I know. I know.
0: I'm blowing your mind right now. Yeah, I know. Not, I know more than just flat track.
2: I'm not going to be able to bit. keep up with you. I'm not doing anything too exciting today, but tomorrow I'm going to go to Callahan Speedway.
0: I don't blame you. The winner throwdown. Yeah. text Texter and Stay the Course's first race as promoters. Yep and man it's gonna be like a mini grand national
2: i figured you know if it's in my backyard i have to go right
0: that's what you said when i was coming down to ocala and you skipped out on me
2: yeah well that's not really in my backyard and I, I i definitely wanted to be there that weekend but i mean dude this is like 30 minutes from my house so i'm gonna go see it like and it looks like there's some people turning out to show up and race at this thing
0: well a lot of fast guys you know move down there or live down there in the winter so they can train Um, Man, there's there's some really quick guys. I know Cole Zabala, Jeffrey Carver been down there at Ten Training. You know what used to be Ten Training, Moto Anatomy, helping out Johnny Lewis. I know Kenny Coolbeth lives down there now. I think James Rispoli's in town or somewhere close by. I think he's going to give it a go. What? Uh, Robbie Bobby's coming over and he's bringing
2: (laughs) Tammy Halbert. Have you been following his his posts about like everything? His back and forth with Corey, it's great. It's going to be interesting to see what Corey does for the event. It's going to be interesting to see how that track ends up uh shaping up and 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 how that we're gonna ride it Uh, i'm i'm looking forward to it man it's gonna be a fun day of flat track for sure
0: so this will be your second non-national flat
2: track it will be yeah my first was the old school uh savannah savannah i mean yeah. you can say it's my third because i saw old savannah and new Savannahs, but you know oh, it's that's just, true. it's okay. the same place so it's your third
0: and, official non-grand national event
2: yeah and i, I kind of dig it man it's a little bit more laid back um a little bit more if, if it's even possible a little bit more family feel to it which i which i like um hanging out with the riders before and after and then uh seeing some badass racing
0: when you get back, I'm gonna ask you a question. Oh boy, I'm nervous. Who is the rider we should be keeping an eye on, an <laughs> up-and-coming rider?
2: Because I can there's tell gonna you, be some of
0: those down there too.
2: There always are on those uh, outlaws, right? The 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 younger generation definitely uh, definitely has a time to shine on those on those events for sure.
0: Especially because Corey Texter has gone out. He's hit up some of his sponsors, some other people in the industry. And there's some good prizes for the amateur riders as well as the pro riders.
2: Yeah, I want to see those uh, with the jewelry that Tommy Tommy Dim is throwing out there. Those things look pretty sweet. And those number plates, those those are pretty dope, too. I can't wait to see who wins that. Uh, I don't know who's going to pull it out, man. It's With all those names, there's, there's a lot of people in the running, including the person we're talking to this week.
0: Who are we going to call this
2: week? How's that for a segue? Um, That's awesome. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, we're going to talk to Brandon Robinson, man. We we uh, teased it a little bit last week. You know, there's some new news coming out with the new team, you know, coming from Harley and you're going to be riding an Indian this year. Uh, so we figured, uh, why not talk to him this week? You, uh, you, you excited about this one?
0: Yeah, I am because I gave him his new nickname.
2: You did give him his new nickname. You're, you're pretty excited yeah. when you do give out a nickname. What's the best what? nickname you've ever given?
0: I don't know. I, I I really like Dougie Fresh for Doug Lawrence, but it's not I mean it's not real original because there's a rapper named Dougie Fresh. There is, yeah. And Doug Lawrence was just cool. I, he hung out at my house for a little while. He's from Canada. Uh, hung with him quite a bit, so I I just started calling him Dougie Fresh. So I think that's the one I'm most proud of. But the revolver, Brandon Robinson, it works pretty good.
2: I dig it. You want to give him a shout? Yeah, let's give him a call. Here we go.
0: hello shorty hello hello uh, is this the revolver this may be yeah man i, I thought you ignored me and, and not accepting my call there for a second you're making me feel bad after i gave you such a cool nickname
1: i'm just making you work for it man <laughs> oh
0: man dude i haven't seen you since uh, the last race at uh, new jersey what have you been up to
1: Uh, Not much, dude. Just kind of getting back on the daily grind and trying to get everything prepared for 2019.
0: Yeah? Where are you at right now?
1: Uh, Hanging out right around Daytona Beach, actually. So we're going to be down here until until the race and and, a couple months uh, to prep.
0: Wow, that's cool. Uh, I heard you were the first one signed up for Corey Texter's uh, race coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, man, I was on it. I was trying to get a guaranteed pole position, but now he's bringing transponders into the game. I don't know, so I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't know. I'm calling promoter promoter sabotage or something. But no, nah, I was actually at his house when he was telling me about it and stuff. And yeah, I was on top of it. So he was kind of laughing. I like printed off the sheet and brought it to him and stuff. And it was it was pretty funny.
0: Right on. That's cool. You guys are you guys are pretty good friends still, right? We've we went through a lot together, and yeah, we've been pretty good buds through it all. And uh, yeah, it's been been fun hanging with him. Right on. Well, let's get to know Brandon Robinson, number 44 in your program, number one in your heart, the tall drink of water from Pennsylvania. Mm. So uh, that's you, right? You don't live there anymore? <laughs> just, you're not just, You're not nah, the tall drink nah. of water. We're going with Revolver. Nah. we we'll get rid of the tall drink yeah, of water stuff.
1: Yeah, let's keep it the Revolver, dude. I don't like that name. Give uh, it the Bromley. He's taller than me.
0: <laughs> there you go. We'll switch that one over. We'll slide that over to somebody else from Pennsylvania. I like that. So uh, let's get to know Brandon Robinson. Where were you born at?
1: Uh, I guess, technically, Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
0: What's well, technically mean? Were you born in a car on the way to Lancaster or what?
1: I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's it's Amishville up there, so I don't know. It might have been an Amish buggy. I'm not sure.
0: You don't, you don't <laughs> I remember don't this, back then, I don't huh? know the certificate
1: my birth, man. I just, I just know what my uh, birth certificate says. So
0: Lancaster, okay, PA. all right. I got you. So what was it like growing up in the Amish territory?
1: Uh, pretty crazy. I mean it's mellow but crazy you know you get you get that country vibe and you're out in the middle of nowhere and then uh, all of a sudden you get turned this big old world and man honest people are nuts they're kind of different you know it's you get all these sorts of buggies on the road and and it's just a completely different lifestyle it's a pretty slow paced and you know those guys are different but uh i don't know it's, it's, it was a good lifestyle for sure you know growing up in back in the sticks and having the property to to do what you want ride and kind of tear stuff up and and explore and uh yeah it was always fun
0: right on so he said you grew up in the country so when did you start riding motorcycles did you guys have one when, when you grew up or what
1: uh i think my dad threw me on a bike when i was three and uh yeah i just never stopped I wasn't really good when i
0: started but yeah i just kept with it and i guess here we are now so do you remember your first race
1: I don't exactly remember. I mean, I know where it was and stuff, and uh, my first race was in Harrisburg, PA. The District 6 series always started out in an indoor event, and uh, yeah, I was pretty slow. I think I got lapped, and I was wearing some Power Ranger gloves and some work boots, and yeah, it was pretty much a mess, but I had
0: a good time, so. <laughs> so, have you tried anything else or just flat track?
1: I've experimented very little with, like, some moto and supermoto. Uh, I've ridden a little bit of Speedway, but, uh, yeah, never never really ventured too far out of the dirt track box. And um, flat track's kind of where my heart's always been. And
0: I don't know. I guess the only thing I'm really good at is turning left, so I just stick with that. Well, if you're good at something, you might as well stick with it. So uh, what kind of tracks did you learn to ride on? I mean, Pennsylvania, I think of race car tracks. Then I've been to a few cushion tracks up there, too. So what type of tracks did you learn to ride on?
1: Yeah, the majority of the tracks we grew up on were, you know, quarter mile clay oval car tracks um, for the most part. Then a lot of our series kind of switched over some bullring short tracks. But um, yeah, that's pretty much the majority of it. You know, it wasn't until I got a little older and we started traveling a bit that I got the ride, you know, half miles, cushions and stuff. And um, so I would say kind of clay short tracks were always my specialty growing up.
0: On. I know when I first started seeing you, when I first started coming to east and announcing for some Steve Nace races and stuff like that, your dad was with you, and, and he's a big part of your program. You know, when you're growing up, did he ever race motorcycles?
1: Uh no, nah, he was a quad guy. Uh, he might have raced a motorcycle once or twice, but he, he stayed away from two wheels. He was always more comfortable in four. And um, kind of a funny story it was like a hair racer, you know, when he was uh, first started, and then he accidentally showed up at a dirt track. Race the wrong day one time and decided he liked it more and we've been doing it ever since
0: wow that's pretty cool so why you know why did you get hooked on flat track you said you weren't very good at anything else is that why so he stayed with their track
1: yeah i'm not a very good jumper <laughs> <So> <laughs> i don't like being in the air um but yeah right. i don't know right. it's kind of what we've always done i don't know you know you get, you get a nick for something and you just keep working at it and I always liked proving my craft and uh, you know, it was just something I kept pushing myself
0: in. Right on. What was your favorite racing memory before you turned pro?
1: Man, before I turned pro, uh, honestly, I think it was just, uh, I went over and raced in England once uh, in the UK dirt track series right before I turned pro. The year before I turned pro, actually, I was still an amateur and uh, I went over there with my parents and I think it was just more memorable because I went over there with my family and got to see a different country and a different side of racing that I never experienced before and. You know, I thought that was pretty cool and haven't been back since. And I, I would actually really love to go back at some point just to get that experience. again. you know, I was so young when I went there that I, I don't quite take it all in. So, um, but yeah, I think that was probably my favorite memory.
0: Right on. Did you do any good when you are over there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won everything. So it was a pretty good trip. <laughs> right
0: on. All right. I like that answer. So let's uh, move up a little bit. When When did you go pro? How old were you and what year was it?
1: Um, I was, I guess I was 16. It was 2007. Um, so back then they called everything <clears throat> pro sport. When you went in pro, that was kind of like the beginner stage or singles in, in this day and age. And yeah, I think my first race of pro sport was in Savannah, Georgia, uh, back when they did the hot shoe series. And I think me and Chad coast had a race long battle and pretty sure he edged me out at the end, but you know, it was still fun.
0: Right on. So was it hard to transition from amateur to pro?
1: honestly not crazy you know i was always expecting when i moved up to personal ranks to, to run up front um even if i wasn't really considered you know a guy that was going to be a, a favorite or a, a, a perennial front runner per se and you know i was pretty confident when i moved up that i was going to be able to to do that and, and yeah i think you know ended up being i think chad coast and i battling all season long you know we were two rookies and and i came down to like last, i think the last race between us and you know he won the championship but it was a you know big learning year for for both of us and and it was, uh, it was awesome.
0: All right. So let's move ahead a few years to, uh, the Springfield mile back-to-back wins in 2013. Um, we ran the, the, the events back-to-back on the same weekend. What was it like win- winning the Springfield mile?
1: Uh, dude, that was surreal. Yeah. I was kind of one of my biggest goals and dreams, you know, once I went for row and realized, you know, that's a granddaddy and that's the race everyone wants to win. And, you know, to rip off two in the same weekend was was badass, honestly. So, um and we did it in two separate fashions, you know, the first day I got out front and I just checked out from the guys and broke the draft and and I think that was like one of my better rides in my life. And then the next day, you know, it was a full on battle with five of us or six of us going out in the lead draft and it came down to the last lap where I just put myself in the best position and you know, I came across the line at first and yeah it was uh it was awesome you know i I was pretty speechless there for a while, kind of on cloud nine and um I would love to get back to the victory Lane circle there one day
0: again yeah you also won Daytona earlier in the year in twenty thirteen so so after you win your first race, does it make it harder or to, harder or easier to win your next one
1: You know I think it was actually easier in a sense because it was like, man, now I know what it takes now I know that feeling that pressure and you know, finally getting that monkey off my back in Daytona was great. And I you know, I kinda went into twenty thirteen with a whole new mindset and it was the first year that I actually legitimately trained during the winter and, you know, realized that I need to step it up if I want to make something out of this. And, you know, it was cool because it showed. And uh, you know, I've been kinda that hungry ever since. And um, you know, like I said, it it transferred over. Once I won the first one, I just got hungrier for another win and and uh once I got in that position again
0: it was just like it felt natural. So uh yeah it was it was i guess easier in an aspect all right we'll bump up ahead to the 2016 season uh according to my notes that's when you first rode for kennedy racing so how'd you and kennedy first get hooked up back in the day
1: yeah 2016 was the first time i was uh hooked up with jerry kennedy
0: and kennedy racing and uh
1: pretty much a big part of that was uh my crew chief brent armbruster he's the one that kind of lined the deal up for me and you know me and brenner have always been pretty tight ever since we worked together uh, in twenty fifteen with the latest deal uh, on Triumphs and uh you know we've always looked out for one another and you know we have a good bond so kinda whichever direction we go we kinda make sure we take each other with each other and uh yeah that's kinda how that all fell together. So it's uh it was a good deal.
0: And you actually won the Lima Ohio half mile on the Harley Davidson. Do you remember that day?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, like it was yesterday. I was on the last win so <laughs> i had to I've had to relive that moment in my head a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah you really you won that on a harley if i'm not mistaken right
1: yeah yeah on xr um i was pretty cool i was uh wildest night man i've never really been known as a cushion type of rider but everything was just clicking for some reason and that's like it's funny you know you go back and like i've watched the video a couple times and it's just like man i look like i'm riding a clay track like i don't even ride the cushion and it makes sense to me because I'm like i said i'm not really known as a cushion type of rider but uh that thing was working so good that night i i'd really much all I had to do was twist the throttle and and let the bike do the work. And, you know, it's kind of those days where it feels a really, really easy is when everything works your way. And, uh, you know, for some reason the the days you win are the easiest days. So, um, I don't know. I'll just, I'll
0: take it. I'll take it again if I can. Yeah. Hopefully there's more days like that in the future where you can just unload and you're fast right out of the box. I mean, that's those, like you said, those are the best days and those make some great memories. I have a few of those myself, not on the grand national level, but, you know, a few of my back pocket if I can remember. So you end up third in the in the series points standings in 2016, and then you got the call to ride for the factory Harley-Davidson team in, in 2017. So what was it like to get that call and to be selected to ride for the factory Harley-Davidson team?
1: Yeah, you know, getting that call was awesome. You know, we ended in 2016 on a high note, and, you know, really feeling like, you know, I'm going to be a guy that can tend for the championship moving forward. It was awesome. And, and, you know, Harley giving me the call and having the faith in in me and and bringing me on the team was, you know, a dream come true. You know, it's kind of the the place that everyone works to get to in the sport, you know, a factory ride of some sort. And, um, you know, especially with Harley, especially with all their, you know, history in the sport and, you know, what they're known for, winning championships and winning races with the XR. And, um, you know, I was extremely excited about it, you know, the opportunity just to be partnered with them and, represent such a great brand and, and company that supports fly track. And yeah, it was just kind of like, again, surreal feeling, you know, it was, everything was just everything I worked for was coming into place. You know, I put so much effort in and, um, you know, I was just extremely thankful to be put in that opportunity. Right
0: on 2017, you finished seventh in the point settings, three top five finishes, red mile rolling wheels and Springfield. Uh, what was your focus as you left that season and worked on the 2018 season?
1: Yeah, transition from 2017 to 2018 was, you know, a little different. You know, like I said, I I went into 2017 thinking I was going to be a championship contender, and then, you know, we found out pretty fast that we were a little bit behind the eight ball there. And, you know, so we kept plugging away all year long and making progress and getting a little better here and there. And, you know, I fairly felt like at the end of the season that there was, you know, I was finally seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, that's why I continued to to stick with Harley for 2018 and and stay with the development process. And, you know, we had a – pretty rigorous testing process there that winter where I was pretty much on the bike every other weekend and trying new things. And, you know, we did a lot of work and I felt like we were, we were gaining some ground and and getting, you know, the bikes better to to be more competitive going into that season. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where we were at.
0: You had some pretty fast teammates in 2017. What's one thing that, that maybe that you learned from either one of those two?
1: Yeah, I think what I learned most from Jake and Kenny is just how to, you know, stay humble and in the moment. You know, those guys have been there, done that. They've won anything and everything you know imaginable. And um, you know, there was a there was a lot to learn from there. There's a lot of knowledge and and how to to work together as a team and a group. You know, I never really had teammates before, per se. Um, you know, I, J.D. Beach was pretty much my only teammate. You know, back in 2013 when I rode for T.J. Burnett, and uh, yeah, so it was really a different atmosphere. You know, he was kind of a part time rider. Where you know, now I had two full-time teammates that I had to work with and bounce ideas off of. And it was great having those two guys to work with. You know, they're, they're two guys that I've always looked up to in my career and in my life. And so it was kind of cool to have your heroes as your teammates and, and working with them. And, yeah, it was just it was just good to, you know, it taught me a lot about working together with my team well. And, and I you know, I appreciate all that they did for me and stuff.
0: Right on. Let's move into the 2018 season. You were the only rider to return to the Factory Harley team. Uh, what did you think about your new teammates? You know, you had Van Decoy and Sammy Halbert.
1: Uh, nah, Halber, he's funny, man. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't, a you know, didn't really talk much to Halber before, you know, we would talk here and there or whatnot. And then, uh, you know, I got to know him pretty well this year and he's a pretty funny dude. Um, you know, Vander obviously, I you know, mean, him have been pretty good buzz here the last year and a half, two years. You know, We spent all winter together in Pensacola training that year before we showed up at Daytona. So, uh, I was about sick of him when we showed up, but, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i mean they we called him we started calling him captain chaos because he was just destroying everything breaking stuff i mean he's out of control a little young buck and uh trying to teach him the ways but you know he's he's still young and dumb so um he likes to do things his own way and uh, it was a, it was a good mix you know because you know sammy would pick on jared and he wouldn't really pick on me so it like he kind of like earned sammy's respect in an aspect you know i've done enough and um but jerry we were just we would just give him shit all the time and um it was pretty funny
0: right on you ended up 14th in the points your best finish was fourth at texas uh you're injured at lima and missed a few races and then mikey rush filled in for you did you get to work with him at all or was he kind of just there to work with the team and and you know what did you do while you were injured
1: um honestly no i didn't really get to work with mikey at all um they brought him in you know after rolling wheels i think for the sturgis rounds and um yeah brought him in to, to fill my shoes while i was out and and carry the Harley Davidson banner. And he did an awesome job of that. And, you know, he, he obviously he worked well with the team, so they kept him on for the remainder of the season. After after I did come back, and um, yeah, it was cool. He's a good dude. Uh, I love Mikey, the first man. He's a he's a funny guy. And um, yeah, it was it was good. Like I said, I, I was just basically focused on you know trying to get better. You know, staying at home and doing what I could, um, stretching wise and strengthening wise, and trying to to get my foot back is. You know, good as I could
0: to come back as early as I could. Right on. So when you're when you're sitting on the sidelines, Brandon, and and you know you're not out there on the track, you can maybe see things a little bit differently. Did you learn anything by just sitting back and watching while you're injured?
1: I don't know if I learned anything. Uh, <laughs> I definitely was uh, frustrated watching for sure. You know, uh, yeah, especially the, the night that night at the Buffalo Chip. You know. Friar and Jared got out front there running one and two and they were like checking out the first two laps and all you hear is you on the, the microphone going, Oh man, Ryder's down and, and I, I see the video and Jared's down. I threw my phone across the room. I was so pissed all off. I'm like, You gotta be kidding me, you know, like, like freaking kids talking in a away. But uh yeah, it was a bummer for him, you know. I, I thought he had something for that night and uh you know, just a you know, big bummer for the team. But um obviously Sammy got third that night, so he took it over the reins and yeah i don't know just it was a bummer watching i wasn't really happy you
0: know so i wanted to try and get back as fast as i could right on well let's go ahead and move into the 2019 season just a few uh a few short days ago it seems like there was a press release saying getting the band back together so you're teaming back up with jerry kennedy kennedy racing brent armbruster your tuner how excited excited are you about the 2019 season
1: yeah i mean for 2019 i'm i'm feeling pretty dangerous at this point to be honest it's uh it's a good feeling to be back in a in a home in an environment that, you know, I know everyone is there behind me hundred percent and you know, we have uh great equipment, a great tuner, great team owner. And um, I was just kind of getting back to a, a familiar environment, you know, and I and I think we're gonna, you know, have every piece of the puzzle put together. You know, it's the biggest biggest hurdle at this point is just gonna be getting used to the new equipment and hopping on an in Indian. So um I'm looking forward to it and really excited for this year.
0: Have you ridden an Indian yet?
1: No, not yet. Um looking forward to it. Like I said, uh, we'll hop on it here hopefully at the end of this month and start our uh, testing
0: program. Right on. So who made the decision to go with Indian? Was that Jerry's? Was that Brent's? Was it yours? Was it a combination?
1: I would say it was a combination between Jerry and Brent. You know, they were they were talking and trying to put together a program and, and Jerry is the type of guy that when he comes into something and wants to go racing, he's gonna do do whatever it takes and spend the money and, and he's going to do it right. And he wants to have a shot to win. Um, so yeah, obviously with Indians being so dominant the last couple of years, it was kind of a no brainer to, to go with that equipment and, and put our touches on it and, and go for some race wins here.
0: Uh, realistic goals for 2019. You want wins. Do you want a top five in the points? Do you want to win the championship? What, what's the team's goals right now? And what do you have in mind?
1: You know, I think the team goals for us is just to to get back to the winning ways, really. I mean, we want to win some races, and hopefully at the end of the year, we're contending for the championship again, uh, like we kind of did in 2016. That's, that's the ultimate goal, you know. Um, I think for any of us, anything less is really kind of going to be a letdown. You know, I think we, we know we have the capabilities of being up front. You know, for me, it's just getting back and reproving myself. You know, I feel like I've been pretty uh, irrelevant in the sport the last couple of years, and you know, I want to get back to being a guy that, you know, people can pick and, and, and know that it's going to be up front. And, you know, when guys line up next to me on the starting line, they're going to be like, Oh crap. (laughs) But, uh, you know, realistically, I just, um, I'm looking forward to trying to get back to, uh, to winning some races again.
0: Right on. So what do you think maybe might be the biggest challenge for a kind of a new team getting back together? What, what do you think the biggest challenge will be this year?
1: I think the biggest thing for for us is, you know, we're going to be the first year running Indians where some guys now have been on them two and three years. So they have a couple, you know, they got some more notes and some more knowledge um, from the tracks that we've been running on the last couple of years. And, you know, we might be a little bit behind in that department, but, you know, I think we're going to catch on pretty fast. And like I said, with with Brent tuning and and Jerry, as a team owner, you know, like I said, we're going to have every little piece of resource possible that we need. And, you know, we're going to do a lot of work here coming up pretty soon to to get as comfortable as possible moving forward and
0: hopefully be ready to come out swinging at Daytona. Right on. So what uh what races are you looking forward to the most in this in this upcoming season?
1: Ah, man, that's a good question. I think uh I think just getting back to pretty much any miles and a half miles, you know, some tracks that I really felt like I should have been really competitive on this past couple of years and just wasn't able to, you know, to do so. Uh, that was frustrating, so I'm looking forward to to getting back to those tracks to where I know where my strengths lie, and and uh, like I said, hopefully competing for wins on you know some clay half miles <clears throat> and
0: for a mile again, and
1: heck, who knows a cushion maybe I don't know.
0: <laughs> right on, I love it. So I want to back up way back to 2009. You had a, a heck of a rookie season going. You actually were uh, you made seven main event finishes. And then Andy mile came up and you went for a wild ride. And I don't think I've any th- seen anything like this before, but you went out of the ballpark as they would say um, in turn one, do you remember that crash and, and how hard was it to recover from that injury?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I remember everything. <laughs> so that was a kind of a wild deal, man. I, I'm not sure who exactly went down first, but it was kind of a combination between Jethro Howard and, and Wiles. And they were the two first guys down and, um you know next thing i know is just bikes cartwheeling and i was coming from the third row and following sean russell through the melee and he gets hit by one of the bikes cartwheeling and i end up running him over and uh you know i get kind of out of control because i'm over the bars and next thing you know we're hitting the air fence and i kind of landed on top of it and uh i guess they're made basically get hit from a side impact to, to slow you down well you know I, like i said i landed on top of it and the bike hit the side of it and kind of moon bounced me up and over the fence and yeah, next thing I know, I'm flying, and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, any second now, I'm going to catch this fence, and it never happened, the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, crap, there goes the fence, and I just seen it go underneath me, and I'm like, I'm still flying in the air, and it's just like, yep, this is happening right now, and, uh, yeah, next thing I know, I'm on the ground outside on the track,
0: and uh, I'm screaming. <laughs> That's pretty much the end of that story. Wow. I just I just remember it was one of the wild rides. I'm so glad you're okay. I think, would you break your femur and your hip and some other things, your pelvis and stuff like that?
1: Uh, yeah, I ended up crushing my hip and pelvis, uh, hip socket, and had a break in my back. And yeah, it was pretty brutal. You know, it took a took a long time to recover. Um, man, they were. You know, at first it was kind of scary because they were telling me, you know, it would be a year before I could walk normal again, if ever. And that was kind of hard to take in. And then, um, you know, I actually started walking in like six months, surprisingly, and uh, I think I was even back on a bike in nine. It was kinda wow. crazy, you know. Uh the nerve damage going on there. So I had like maybe thirty percent feeling in my right leg at one point and uh I think it made it easier to get back because I I would put my foot on the ground and I wouldn't feel it or whatever, just like no pain. So <laughs> I was able to push through it a little better, a little faster than most normal people. And uh yeah, over the years it's, it's slowly come back and uh, you know, I got pretty good feeling in my whole leg now and um but man it was a it was a Couple of year process there, really, about two years till I kind of got over it physically and mentally, uh mentally it was probably the biggest thing, just kind of that fear of the first turn again, getting uh wow. aggressive with the guys and yeah, just it took a while, but um, yeah, got
0: over it, and you know here we are right on I, I just had to ask that question. I know it was like I said it was one of the wildest rides I've ever seen. I don't think we ever talked about it before very much, so I uh, want to know a little bit more about it so uh, it looks like you've been spending some time down in Florida already getting ready for this upcoming season. Um, there's a lot of fast guys down there right now. Are you hanging out with a few of them, a lot of them, or are you trying training on your own? What's going on down there?
1: Yeah, I'm spending uh, some time with Corey Texter and Jared, Aaron, and right now. And, uh, will be my two, uh, main training partners here for this winter. And, uh, hopefully we'll catch up with a couple other guys in the meantime and kind of get a, a group of us together. It's, it's always pretty fun when, uh, you get a bunch of guys together down here, riding and, it, uh, definitely makes it easier to push one another and, and get better. And, yeah it's, it's always a good time you know we we have uh pretty much everything we need bicycles motorcycles and riding all the time and who knows we'll we'll catch up with like cool Beth or something and kind of hang out them. i don't know um what the exact plans are but uh yeah we're just gonna have a good time stay on two wheels and get prepared as much as possible
0: right on so we'll talk about your thoughts on some riders returning back to flat track like jd beach he'll be racing with you guys this year what are your thoughts on that damn it man uh <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's annoying. Eh? hes a, I was joking with him. Actually. I was like, I was texting him before he made the official announcement. I'm like, you better stay road racing, dude. I don't want to see you every weekend. <laughs> but, uh, no, <laughs> we've been good buds ever since we were teammates back in 2013. And, uh, obviously he's probably one of the most naturally talented motorcycle racers in the country. I mean, he can <laughs> swing his light over a dirt tracker, a road racer, whatever and go fast, you know, flip that switch in his brain from one day to the next. And, um, it's going to be scary him racing full-time you know he's he's a he's a really talented rider so it's uh it'll be fun too at the same time you know it's, it's always good to say you
0: you're actually racing the best riders in the world yeah absolutely what about pj jacobson coming back from racing over in the road racing across the pond uh he's coming back for some dirt track too
1: yeah he's another one man he's uh he's kind of a wild card i don't think a lot of people remember him racing you
0: know in some
1: AFT stuff but when he did he was always really fast and I don't want to say he's a wild card or nothing per se, but he's going to be, he's going to be a threat to win some races for sure. You know, his, his talent's undeniable uh, without a doubt. He's one of the fastest, you know, youth amateur early pro riders I've ever seen. So um, you know, again, just a couple of road racers coming back and trying to spoil it for us. So we'll see what happens.
0: Right on. And the newest that's coming back out of, Actually, I don't think he's coming back. He's coming to flat track. Jeff Ward, who was one of my heroes growing up as a kid, uh, seven-time motocross champion. What are your thoughts on him coming to flat track? I know he'll be in the singles class, but I think that's good for our sport.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. I think this this whole cross-sport, cross cross-racing cross deal is is trending up, and it's pretty cool. Obviously, you saw Ryan Sipes coming in and, and win the Buffalo Chip TT last year, and definitely showed his uh, moto background was a big confidence booster going into the TTs and man, he, uh, he showed it and he was, he was on, he was doing some stuff at Buffalo chip that no one else was doing, like wheeling into the jump and stuff. And his background definitely played in favor for him. So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, obviously uh ward's been around. He's been around for a while. He's a pretty old dude, but uh, I, I won't be surprised to see him contending up front in the singles on the TTs.
0: All right. Well, we're part of the episode where it's time for Graham's question. That's my Graham. She she loves you. And she says, what's your secret to staying so thin? And she she mentioned something about is there are you still eating that secret cereal before the races? Is that is that still going
1: on? Uh, I don't know. I haven't done it in a while. I probably should get back to it. Maybe that's what I've been lacking the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, there's a time there. Man. Uh that last win I had in Lima, I ate Lucky Charms. And I swore by it there for the rest of the season. I kept eating it every single race, and I kept doing good, you know, top three, top four every single weekend. And and I rode that way for as long as I could, and then I had one bad weekend, so I stopped. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I should get back to that.
0: <laughs> Not if, sure, if, you but do, if you do, then it's Graham's idea that you're going to start winning races, you know. All right. I'm going to have to thank Graham on the podium then for sure. There you go. That would be Awesome. <laughs> so now now it's time for the rapid-fire question. So tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the question, are you ready? Oh, boy. All right. Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite bike you've ever ridden?
1: Uh, Kennedy Racing XR750. All
0: right. That could change in a few weeks. We'll have, to, we'll have to check in, see how you like the Indian here one day, but I like your answer there. What's your favorite racetrack? Savannah, Georgia. Old-school Savannah, where it was actually big. All right. So you've won four Grand Nationals. Of those four, which is your favorite and why? Favorite?
1: Uh, man, I guess Daytona. Yeah, you know, that was kind of the, the first win. You know, you can't replace that one. That's the one you work so hard for. So, uh, yeah, I'll say Daytona for
0: sure. Where's your trophy at?
1: In my living room.
0: <laughs> right on. So you get to look at it every day, right?
1: Yeah, it's a good reminder, positive reminder of what I've accomplished.
0: Right on. So here's a tough one for you. What's going to be the finishing order for this weekend's winter throwdown? What's the top three?
1: Do I get to pick myself or
0: no? Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, sure. I'll I'll be. I'll be confident. I'll say myself is winning. Cool, Beth for second, and me for third.
0: Ooh, I like it, man. You're talking. Those are like grand. This is like a grand national, man. I, I wish I was going down there
1: it should be pretty wild. There's a lot of fast guys. It's going to be a barn burner, man. I don't know. It's going to be be tough. I think there's like a legit eight to 10 guys that could possibly win this thing. That's going to be fun.
0: Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about the singles class just for a moment. There's some really fast guys coming up. Who should we be keeping our eyes on?
1: I think for some rookies, you know, I think Dallas Daniels is probably obviously the, you know, the favorite rookie coming up and, there's also Trent Lowe, those two went out an after national this past year. And um they'll be the two young guns to watch out for and obviously all the veterans in the
0: sport and the singles class and it should be a good combo this year. Well we'll pick one. Who's gonna do better? Dallas or Trent?
1: Well, I mean Dallas doesn't start till the middle of the year, so I'm gonna have to go with Trent for points if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route. All right,
0: let's go with wins.
1: With wins? Ah uh, Yeah. Between them two, I would say Dallas. All
0: right why are you running number 44 i've always been 44 i, I don't know why <laughs> was that was that dad, on your first motorcycle or what yeah,
1: my, my dad asked what number wanted to be i said 44 and i've ran 44 since
0: day one on a pw50 i've never changed my number one love it man we appreciate the time before we let you go this is your chance to say thanks to anybody you want to right now go for it
1: yeah obviously uh I guess first and foremost I need to thank the Harley Davidson Motor Company Vance and Hines for the last couple of years, you know, just for giving me the opportunity to represent them and, and race for them. And, you know, for this year I'm really looking forward to teaming up back up with Kennedy Racing and my crew chief Brent Brewster. and you know, with some of our associate sponsors, you know, with our eye helmets and Alpine Stars and you know, we have full spectrum, uh, works connection, Motion Pro, a bunch of other companies that are coming on board and some stuff that's not finalized
0: yet, but um uh,
1: I'm you know, just looking forward to, to getting to work this year and I appreciate everyone supporting.
0: Right on. We'll go eat your tacos. Cause they're getting cold right now and be sure to eat your lucky charms the night before the race. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm starving, dude. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks Brandon. Good talking to you. We'll see you at the racetrack and good luck in 2019. See ya. Man, he's cool.
2: <laughs> That's it. There's he- a post. That's our <laughs> outro. Is, is that at all is that all you gotta say he's cool
0: he's he's quiet
2: he's not quiet yes, he
0: can it, talk he, he's fairly quiet unless you get to know him but then he's really funny but he's got a little sense of humor and and uh man he can ride a motorcycle
2: yeah he could definitely ride a motorcycle i can't wait to see how he rides that indian motorcycle
0: i can't believe he hasn't ridden one already i mean i know the contract just ended december 31st with harley but I I, I, did, I I want to talk to him after he rides it the first
2: time. Yeah, I didn't expect that answer for sure. I figured you know with all the all the Indians out there that he might have thrown a leg over one somewhere at some point. But yeah, I mean uh, I, I'll I'll look forward to, to hearing how. Yeah, for for some reason I love to hear even though the answers all seem to be the same. Like everybody's first impression of of that Indian when they when they get to ride it for the first time. So I was hoping to get his response there, but we'll have to wait until maybe Daytona
0: right on i i had to ask him about that wild ride in in indianapolis because i don't think i've ever talked to him about it before I, and that's the only time i've ever seen a rider and a motorcycle go out of the ballpark or out of the racing surface he hit a telephone pole on his way down i don't know if you he didn't really talk about that but no. he hit a telephone pole and then landed on the ground the bike went out of the ballpark
2: that's crazy and that
0: was a crazy night
2: it took your breath away watching that one for oh, sure oh yeah
0: oh yeah and he remembers it you know because he wasn't knocked out at all he remembered every second of it
2: that's that's insane good to see him get back and uh be able to compete at the level he's competing at now though after that for sure
0: and then and then he's won four races after that you it's know? insane I mean, that that you know that could have been a career ending injury and uh i think it's just made him stronger
2: No, i think he's got more wins to come as well and hopefully uh a lot of those will come in 2019 on that indian what's next? Phoenix you're off to phoenix you're in phoenix yep. wait it's friday i
0: got a rain across tonight tomorrow night oh,
2: i'm off so
0: to phoenix on sunday
2: you're off to phoenix huh
0: yep gonna go kick it with graham and pa for a little while maybe nice. about a week i'm not sure yet
2: you gotta go see Estenson while you're out there he don't think i'm gonna
0: try to i'm gonna try to really bad graham listen to this so not pa but yeah. graham wants to see his motorcycle like collection. <laughs>
2: i i hear it's pretty amazing
0: no, I'm pretty sure Paul wants to see it just as bad too. But Graham's the one that uh, you know; she's the one I talk to all the time. I got to get Graham's question every week for our riders and and people we have on the podcast. And, and she goes, "Now, when you're out here, we got to try to go see Tim Estes, Esteson's collection." I'm like, no, it "Sounds good to me." <laughs> is it
2: a museum that's open? I don't think it is. You I, know I enough people. On... Maybe you can make oh, that work.
0: Yeah, I, I probably started pulling some strings.
2: There you go. We'll
0: see what happens.
2: Give a have Colby give you a tour
0: lying tomato yeah
2: he probably kn- he probably knows tim well enough to ask him to, to hook you up and come see the see the collection haven't you hung out with him at his mom's helmet shop
0: yeah absolutely I've, go. I've got a few other connections too inside Essenson and racing so i'm working I'm sure on you it do. you know ronnie jones he's rode for him yeah
2: well Brandon if, if, if that there. happens what you need to do is go live on facebook Well, you don't have a maybe you use off the grooves uh facebook there and just go live and, and just do a live hey we're at tim estenson's motorcycle museum check out this indian from 1821 that's a you know how technically
0: tool. advanced
2: i'm not you can make it happen we did so many pit walks you know exactly all you do is turn the, hit the button technically challenged yeah but we did pit walks you saw it happen. i just hit the button and you just talk in front of a camera you can do that how are we gonna end this episode
0: keep it on two wheels
2: smash that like button i actually saw i actually saw that somewhere else smash that like button and i was like that's what scotty says
0: smash that like button give us a follow tell all your friends about our podcast all your your friends
2: every single one of them we've been getting dude it's been insane i don't know if it was the jd thing or just some some people a lot of new people liking the facebook page that's good we're we're getting we're getting to be advertising it or what i haven't advertised one thing since we started
0: okay I was just checking
2: all organic up. off the groove 100% organic
0: except for Dr. Pepper
2: yeah well that's <laughs> yeah that's definitely not organic
0: 23 flavors 23 it's like heaven oh
2: gosh he's drinking a Dr. Pepper right now folks
0: <sighs> hey Carter
2: hey Scotty
0: have fun at the winter throwdown
2: you have fun that's in Guthrie
0: I will. You have fun at the Winter Throwdown.
2: You already said that
0: next week. All right, keep it on two wheels. Safe travels. You keep it. You keep it in the Jeep. (laughs) Everybody else. Everybody else. Keep it on two wheels.
2: wheels. All right, man. Safe travels. We'll talk to you next week, bud. All right, later, Carter.